Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and today I'm joined by... Jake, Chris, and Ames. And we are here to celebrate episode 30, we'll celebrate, to have, to record, to, to present to you episode 31. I'm wearing my special hat and everything for you, Caitlin. I'm sorry. Woo! <laughs> that woo was for those of you who can't see the special hat. She has a cane and a party hat. It's a great hat. And uh, she's got uh, one of those blow tickler. I know it sounds I don't, sexual. I don't, not, I don't think what you're using it's a, right, Caitlin. It's a noisemaker. It's a noisemaker. <laughs> not a French tickler. That's a different situation. Yeah, last week it's candy thing. floss. This yeah, week it's a blow tickler. Come on. I don't think we have words for them. I think we just call them noisemakers. But I think that, Ooh, that particular party, one. Like a party horn? Yeah, what or? would you call that? I'm sure there's a Oh, we call it a brolly cup. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. What do you call those here? Mm. Yeah, anyway. I'm so traveled. I'm not traveled. I just... Stop it or I'll call the bubbies on you. (laughs) I'm literally never going to live it down. I just couldn't remember what cotton candy was called. I remember now, okay? Jeez. Cotton candy's delicious. Don't get your knickers in a twist. I don't have have enough cotton candy in my life. Oh, God, I do. I hate that shit. I love it. It's so Problem is you have to get it like a bear or something, because if you get those like little bags that you occasionally have in the store, no. No, those are bad. They're all right. I don't know. Anyway, in this episode 31, we're here to discuss, and the children shall lead, and... Is there in truth no beauty? What a great question. No. <laughs> also a good answer. Succinct. Well, we've got an answer. Episode's over. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening. In And the Children Shall Lead, the Enterprise crew finds themselves aboard the planet Triacus, where everyone is dead. Whoops. Except for the children. Okay. Uh, so there were some Federation folks down on this planet doing I would their... I have gone the other way. What? Just killed kill the all children. the children? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so the parents, uh, they're all Federation folk doing their Federation shit down on Triacus, and something... Drove them all to suicide. Dun, dun, dun. Um, there were video logs or vlogs for those hip kids out there. Basically showing them kind of becoming more and more anxious until they devolved completely into madness and then dead bodies everywhere. Which is a song by Korn. Anyway, the children are like really strangely totally okay with their parents being dead, which seems to really only bother Dr. McCoy. He's bothered by everything, though. That's true. Maybe he ran out of alcohol. He just loves crying children. Oh my god. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Would you prefer, well, crying children versus laughing children? I prefer silent children. Children should be Mm. seen and not heard, says Chris. I have the biggest problem watching, there's there's all these food videos that I watch now on like, you know, fucking BuzzFeed or whatever. Mm. There's a kid's version and it has kids making the food and I cannot watch them because they have the tiny pudgy hands and they freak me out. Connie's I just assume hats. that they're filthy and covered in something. Poop. Germs. Yep. Poop germs. So, <laughs> listen, let's just 
keep the show on the road here for a few minutes. So they take the children on board the starship, and it is uh, immediately apparent that they are petulant little shits <laughs> who want to do nothing but play all day. And want an ice cream. Oh, and want ice cream, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. And, uh, man, Nurse Chapel has more patience than me because I would have backhanded Stevie. No, I don't really recommend abusing children. Only Stevie. Just Stevie. <laughs> but anyway, so the kids are really fucking weird. They hated... Triacus, they don't give a shit about their parents, and they're generally misbehaved little fucks. And then we find, through some kind of creepy, chanty poem that was written by an idiot, <laughs> they're able to call upon, or summon, summon is the word I wanted, an angel who looks like a big fucking bearded Christmas tree. <laughs> he, he's actually a totally normal dude, just in a really huge cape, and I feel like he must be enormous. Like, he looks like he's 700 pounds just because there's so much cape. Like, well, I'm he sure he's not. He beard. He didn't have a beard? No. Oh, yeah, you're right, he didn't. You're right, he just had big, wavy gray hair. That part's right. Yes. Anyway, and he's basically like, all right, children, we have to go to Marcus 12. Make sure to take over the entire spaceship, and we'll go to Marcus 12. And the kids start doing some weird hand-jobby motion at people that makes them see things that they're not really seeing and do things that they don't want to do. And by this method, they take over the starship and, and point it towards Marcus 12. Yeah, like Sulu and Chekhov still see out the screen that it, they still see like they're on the planet. Yeah, like they're still orbiting and stuff. And then, like, Scotty discovers that something is amiss and his two little buddies down in engineering, like, beat his ass. Um... <laughs> And that's too bad. And then Kirk realizes something's going on, like, but like really. But then they get Scotty, and Scotty's like, "Nope, everything's great." And then they get Kirk, they get Spock too, right? They do. Even Spock's like, "What are you talking about? Everything's great right here." Eventually, Kirk gets the so all the while Bo- Bones is like, "Yeah, but if we traumatize them, you might really fuck them up." And Spock <laughs> is like, "Well, we'll just kill them if we can't figure out what's going on," which is great. Spock that was is Kirk. Spock no, is the Spock's only rational it. one here. Spock was like, "Then we'll kill the children." He like actually says that we'll kill them. I think um, Spock had that in mind already and just led Kirk to, yeah. that, to that conclusion. Spock, Spock. What can we do if we can't stop the children? Kill Kirk. Them. Finish the sentence for me. That kill them. That, I guess we'll have to kill them. That's some early season one Spock right yeah, there. Yeah, we haven't seen Spock be, like, so murderous in quite a while. Anyway, at any rate, the kids are fucking stupid and wind up summoning the angel, quote-unquote, right in front of everybody. And so... Angel doesn't even notice. Yeah, angel is not give a fuck. So they, you know, they understand now how they can summon the angel, and so Kirk summons the angel again for the children, and then shows the children lovely, you know, footage of them, home movies of them playing happily with their parents. They're playing beach volleyball with no net and no beach. And no rules. (laughs) And no rules. And they're all laughing and having fun, and the kids are really happy. (laughs) And then the last frame cuts to their parents' dead bodies strewn all over the fucking ground. And, uh... And their graves! Oh, God. And, And then... You know, Kirk's like, it's okay, children. Look at him. He's not an angel. Uh, he's bad. It's okay to be unhappy. Ah, and then the angel starts to, like, fucking decay and turn into a horrifying monster right in front of them. And then finally disintegrates going, death to you all, death to you all, etc. It was actually a pretty good episode. I actually didn't hate oh. it, considering... Wow! No, no, like, honestly, like, considering how many fucking children were in it, it didn't hate uh, it as much as I expected. You left out the best part of the episode, What's though? the best the part end, of the, the episode? Ending? After the angel vanishes. 
Doc <laughs> walks onto the bridge, sees all these children crying, and is like, Hooray! <laughs> crying children! Nice job, Jim. You made kids cry. Just smack them? What'd you do? <laughs> all would be revealed later, I'm yes. sure. Uh, and then, uh, is there in truth no beauty? Which, like, who the fuck wrote this? Is that, like, is that a Byron quote also? Uh, it's or from, something? It's from, it's from some poem. I didn't Because they, they quoted Byron in the... When Spock was mind-melded, he quoted some Byron, so I wonder if it's Byron. Anyway. I forget. I didn't in know. Is There in Truth No Beauty, we discover that there is an alien race called the Medusans, who are wicked ugly, but instead of being so ugly they turn you to stone, they drive you crazy. Stark, raving, fisheye lens mad. <laughs> and in this episode, we meet Kalos, who is a Medusan ambassador who the Starship Enterprise has to escort back to his home planet. He is accompanied by Dr. Miranda Jones, who is Kalos's assistant, who also happens to be a telepath whose psychic abilities were so strong that she was um, trained on Vulcan and knows how to do the mind meld. They are also joined by Lawrence Mervic, who designed the Enterprise and is super awesome, and their whole mission is to get Kalos back to his home planet so that he can mind meld with Dr. Jones because the Medusans are incredible navigators and they want to figure out a way to use the Medusans as navigators of starships. And Lawrence Marvick is there to help to like help them to interface with the starship so that they can navigate. Sounds great. However... Sounds complicated. It does, doesn't it? However, Marvick is wicked in love with Dr. Jones. Everybody is wicked in love with Dr. That, that, Jones. That Everyone wants dinner. to fuck her. Everyone so has a Dr. Jones Jones. Nice. There it is. Ah. There's the joke. Nailed it. Didn't sound contrived at all. Except for Scotty. It was, it was a cool who, had, who had eyes only for Marvick. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone's all boners for Jones at that dinner, and Scotty's like, hey, Larry, you want to go check out the engines? Want to take a look at my technical journals? <laughs> Does he keep them in his pants? Yes. I thought so. Well, yeah. under his kilt. He was wearing the kilt today. I drilled this hole in the nice. wall. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> the Enterprise's oh. first glory hole. Oh. This is like... First? Well, yeah. certainly the worst. Uh, <laughs> so, Dr. Jones, being all psychic and shit, reveals that she can sense that someone is feeling murderous on board, and she is later confronted by Marvik, who's like, but Dr. Jones, I love you so much. I'm going to kiss you without your consent. And she's like, ew, gross. And Also then she, illegal. Yeah. And she's like, BT dubs, I know that you're the one who is feeling murderous. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're right, I am. So he takes <laughs> his phaser and he goes to Kalos's room. Oh, and I should explain. The Medusin is kept in what looks like a cat litter box of some kind. Because if you look at him, you go nutso. So Marvik goes to the room where the Medusin's you know, cat boxes, which, why did they even bother to give him his own fucking room? He doesn't know he's in a box. <laughs> Put him in a fucking storage closet. Who gives a shit? He comes out of the box every so often. Well, in this case, he pops out of the box to say hello to Lawrence Marvick, who goes crazy upon seeing him. Goes down to engineering, wrecks up some shit, and uh, sends the Starship Enterprise towards the edge of the galactic barrier. Whoops. Whoops. Silver gonna, contact yeah, lenses. I tell you, someone's gonna get uh, superpowers. 
Well, it won't be Marvik because he's dead. That's he dies, sadly. And now they need Kalos' help to get back from back onto the correct side of the galactic barrier. So Spock goes and mind melds with him because, as we've learned, if you put on a Cyclops visor and you have lots of psychic powers, you can look at the Medusans without going crazy. So Spock puts on one of the visors and mind melds with Kalos so that they can navigate them out. And then I feel like he's just kind of like, voila, it is done. And it's really quick and, and fast. Uh, quick and fast are the same thing. <laughs> anyway, quick and easy, I think is what I meant. So then it's time to put Kalos back in his cat box. But Spock forgets to wear the visor. So he looks upon the ugliness of Kalos and is crazy. They're Fish able- Eye lens crazy. Fish Eye lens crazy. <laughs> Fucking wrecks up half the crew. Basically... Ends the career of our dear, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Oh, Eddie Caskey. What's the character? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Ends the tenure of Leslie on board the USS Enterprise. And they're able to get him down. I don't really know how they did it. I don't even know. Was it a phaser on stunning? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Kirk, that's right. Kirk Kirk shot him. him. So now the only person that can save him is Dr. Jones, who will have to delve deep into his mind to bring him back from the brink of madness. Madness. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. But it seems like she kind of isn't interested in doing that because she's kind of got her panties in a twist because he mind-melded with Kalos, and she wants to mind-meld with Kalos. But Kirk walks in on her while she's hanging out with Spock and, you know, abuses her and negs her a little bit and tells her what an asshole she is. And she's like, you're right, I am. I'll help him. And she manages to save Spock. And in doing so... Mind, did she actually mind meld with Kalos because she m- was helping Spock? No, it seemed like something happened between scenes. Oh, maybe. They were just like, nope, sorry, we've got too much great fisheye lens footage. We can't possibly have this extra scene. Did you see all the Spock walking down a hallway? We can't cut any of that. We can't cut that. That's, that's fucking cinema gold. gold. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, which is sort of important, <laughs> Dr. Jones is blind. Um, which we don't learn until McCoy lets us know at like five minutes up in the episode. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that her clothes have special sensors on them so that she can get around. She can tell you that she is one meter, four centimeters from the door. Uh, she's very, you know, able to tell her surroundings, just as well as someone who is sighted, it seems, really. I just mention it because it's necessary to some of the plot. And then she mind melts with Kalos, and they drop him off at home, and everybody lives happily ever after, after except for Marvik, who's dead. Pretty much. Ta-da! Yeah. And Leslie, who hurt his back. And never comes back. Great job, Eddie Paskey. Sorry, Leslie, you were the best. Oh, this was his last production order episode. There is a chance yeah, he could he show, up. show up. There probably is. He's in so many of them. Yeah. They'll yeah. probably just get one of the other clones out of storage. <laughs> <laughs> Nuke one of them and just be like, all right, there you go. Yeah. So, those children, eh? They're miserable. <laughs> miserable mutants. Fuck those little bastards. They're pretty awful. Good God. The ice cream that fucking Stevie wanted was just uh, upsetting what to me. Was it walnut? Chocolate, pistachio, and peach all in one blob together. She's like, surprise me. So she gives him something, and he's like, I don't want that. They're both white. Why was that a thing? Everyone else had multicolored ice cream. Oh, was that really why it was? Probably. Well, I hate him. Yeah, he was awful. Stevie was the worst. Go on, Jake. Yeah, Stevie's a little bitch. You called called him a sociopath after he did the whole ice cream stunt. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Man, though. He's definitely a sociopath. So you you liked this episode, already? Well, I didn't, like, hate it. I didn't, like, love it. I felt like it was an interesting idea. Because, like, the idea of, like, first of all, like, the idea of, like, leading kids like that, that's totally realistic to me. That feels very, like, Pied Piper, except... Murderous. 
It, it reminded me a lot of the Jack the Ripper thing that happened, where it's like some weird apparition that's controlling people somehow. Mm. Although it gives them more of an illusion of free will. Yeah, but you know, see, on this thing, I couldn't help but think that there was parallels being drawn to, like, the hippie movement. Really? And, yeah, mm. and, like, religious leaders. and Like, I know this episode had to have aired before. Bef- yeah, yeah. So it was before... The Sharon Tate murders. But, like, I don't know. I just got a real Charlie Manson vibe. Actually, I got, like, a Jim Jones vibe off mm. of off of that. Jim's, Jim's Jim Jones. Yeah, I definitely. He's the, another cult leader who, okay. did, who actually got, like, hundreds of followers to move to, with him to a compound in South America. And then... Got them all to commit a mass suicide. Jesus. Was, it, was he the Kool-Aid guy? I was gonna say, he was the, the, he was the okay. Kool-Aid drinking the Kool-Aid. But it was Waco. From... Wasn't that in Waco? Or was that somewhere no, else? No, that was the Branch Davidians. That was oh, a different, excuse that was me. Right. So many freaking cults. Yeah, I, I did. I so did. little time. Hell's yeah, I know. Gate with the sneakers. Yeah. Sneakers? Which yeah, one is this? That was the one in the 90s where it was another religious group who believed that there was, that they could... were the devil? Well, that if they killed themselves, that their spirits would hitch a ride on the comet Hale-Bopp. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all committed mass suicide, but they all were wearing identical, I think, Nike trainers. They Why? Used trainers because that's what they say in England. I hope they. <laughs> Thank you. I knew you'd understand it. If I said sneakers, you'd be like, "What's, what's that? a sneaker? <laughs> Oi, Jake! What's a sneaker? Someone that creeps." <laughs> <laughs> It's Stevie when he wants his ice cream. Actually, oh, sadly, uh, there's a sort of connection between Heaven's Gate and Star Trek because uh, Nichelle Nichols' brother was a member. Oh, shit. shit. Did yeah. he kill himself with the thing? He did, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Jesus, sorry. He was still a member of the group when that went that. down. Yeah. But, um, Jesus But anyway, Christ. so I don't know. I, I got, like... Like, if this, had, if this had happened after the Tate murders, I'd be like, okay, this is totally... totally the family. It's totally... They're totally doing the family, but... See, I like it more with this in mind. Really? Yeah. I love... See, you I understand. Definitely... I love serial killers, and I love cults and all that True. shit, and I read Helter Skelter and loved every second of it, so that's, like, right in my bailiwick. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in a cult, Caitlin? No. You <laughs> play way too much Overwatch. Um, all the kids with their oh, fisting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So for those you of you kids with your fisting, for those of you that didn't watch the episode, um, you lucky, lucky people. The children, when they're either summoning the no, actually, when they summon the angel, they just no, kind they, of, they like link hands. Yeah, but when they're utilizing the power the angel has given them, they they just kind of pound their fists. It's in the almost air. it's almost like they're doing a rock paper scissors, but they yeah. never get to the they end. They never of finish. It. They yeah. all just play rock for fist. eternity. Or if you're fist. disgusting when you're us, it's like they're jacking off and edging. Or it something. does look a little, a little, <laughs> a little. <laughs> jacking off the longest penis ever, though. It's like. <laughs> Things like a two foot. Is, isn't that how your penis is? No, that's how yeah. mine. After a session or two, maybe. <laughs> On what? <laughs> what Willy Wonka's taffy stretcher? Like, what the fuck? Two sessions. I'm just gonna leave that to your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> imagination ran with it. That's, that's a dangerous thing. Pure imagination. Pure imagination. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> Uh, oh, this has gone a place. Uh, to right. get back to your salient point, like it's interesting because I definitely got a sort of a religious leader vibe off of him. Yeah, but I think that's also working with the benefit of fifty odd years of hindsight. True, because I don't know if the like big white pompadour thing was as much a cliche of sort of religious leaders in the sixties as it has been now, thanks to various televangelists. Glowing, glowing wow. green, totally. Yeah, though. I mean, like visually, and I know it's interesting because I know. Um, in real life, Roddenberry and 
L. Ron Hubbard were friends or at least acquaintances. I did not know this. Uh, did Gene get some Scientology kickbacks? No, I don't think so. I, I don't even... I might be making that up. I feel like I read that or heard that somewhere that they at least... Because they were both science fiction writers. Yeah. So they, they went in the same circles. Makes sense. Keep going. I'm going to look that up. But at any rate, he kind of reminded me a little bit of L. Ron Hubbard. Mm. Uh, later yeah, yeah. years, L. Ron yeah, Hubbard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just with the gray hair. Yeah, it's know. great. Uh, Gor- Gorgan, our, our angel, like, wispy spirit thing... Uh, he was listed among the scariest TV characters, apparently. Mm-hmm. I didn't find him that scary at all. I found him just a terrible, terrible actor. He was kind of, I mean, the, the idea of him is yeah, kind of is scary. Yeah, very true. creepy. Yeah. It does, I mean, it does tap into that sort of idea of, no matter what you read him as, this sort of corrupting force, you know, influencing children with right. smiles and... Promises, promises of ice cream. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's... That's the thing, you can always find some sort of parallel, you know? Yeah. He can I be look, whatever you need him to be that you feel threatens your youth. Yeah, yeah. I looked up uh, the actor, her, not even an actor, the man, the man who played him. And apparently Star Trek just got a relatively famous attorney at the time. His name? Uh, his name was Marvin... Uh, Mel, I'm sorry, Melvin Belly. M- B-E-L-L-I? B-E-L-L-I. Ah, he, has, he, was, he was very famous. He defended Ruby. I yes, think. he did. He defended Jack. Oh, Jack, Jack Ruby. Ruby. Holy yeah. shit! Who and killed was, uh, RFK? Right? No, no. no we, Ruby. Harvey, oh, Harvey he killed Harvey Oswald. Oswald. Sarah and Sarah Sorry, I'm an idiot. RFK. Yeah. yeah, just kidding. That's um, what I meant. And he Jack also Ruby. pioneered the the day in the life films that were used in court. The let's show someone who's been like you know crushed by this compactor or whatever and see how they like get through their day so that we can say this is how much they are troubled by their injury or whatever therefore you should have to pay them money kind of stuff mm. he pioneered those things wow. and they got him thinking oh man let's let's use this guy he's famous oh wait he can't actually act maybe if you turn him green it'll help let's turn him green and give him a christmas tree to wear well in a way <laughs> the creepy intonation like the bad intonation that he was doing almost made it more creepy like really detached and i think stevie was one of his kids well that Uh, explains it his voice sounded oddly like doing as as a computer or an alien i am a non-attorney spokesperson (laughs) you're a non-person spokesperson Um, yeah there was a whole scene the whole scene where we see him when he's among the rest of the when he's just on the bridge and the rest of the crew can see him, but he doesn't even like seem to address the rest. I thought it was like his voicemail recording. <laughs> Hello, children. We're on our way to what, what was the Marcus planet? Twelve. Marcus Twelve. Make sure you keep hold of the Enterprise. Be sure to drink your oval team. Yep. If you have any questions, call my secretary. Five 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 five. Gorgon out. Do not. Oh. Co- we do not accept collect calls. <laughs> How did Kirk find out his name was Gorgon? Because he just know. all of a sudden starts calling him that at the end. That's a good question. I Gorgons? Think there was probably Medusans? a cutscene. Oh. oh. Sorry. Wacky. Anyway. There was probably a cutscene is the answer to that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. What did we see a ton of in this episode that we could have Children. not seen? Children playing. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted, I know I said this when we were watching it, but I wanted to see, you know, what Lieutenant Leslie's big sort of... 
beast was. That was so dumb. Every, okay, okay. Beast, huh? So we didn't really mention in the synopsis, like, wait, some, wait, wait, wait. some of the things that the kids did to the perceptions of the adults. Like, when they made Sulu see lots of knives like daggers in space. daggers in space. And Uhura see herself as an old a woman. fat, ugly old Because lady. apparently Uhura is terribly, terribly vain. As and seen before, before in, uh, yeah. what was that episode? Oh, in uh, mud. Muds, yeah, I Mud. Yeah. When they're like, oh, you mean I can be pretty forever? And then we, we we cut to Leslie as Kirk is trying to give Leslie orders and Leslie isn't hearing him properly and thus not registering at all. Like, even if you're not hearing someone properly and they're saying gibberish to you, you'd be like, what? Yeah, Leslie doesn't what, even go like... What do you want, Captain? I ha- I, you're the Captain. I have to obey your orders, but I can't tell what you're saying. You know what it is? Leslie's Leslie... like, oh, Kirk's had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie's been on this ship two and a half years, This right? is Maybe it's robo-Leslie and it's the problem. <laughs> He's just standing there like, oh... Weird shit's going down again. <laughs> I'm just gonna stand here till it blows over. Yep. I usually get killed when this shit happens. I'm just gonna... Just gonna stand here. Be fine. Because this is... You said he was in 60 episodes total. This was probably like 58 or 59. So we're on at least our, you know... Maybe like 32nd Wes, uh, Leslie by now. So <laughs> I love that him dying and coming back in one episode has turned into this whole head cannon of like he dies constantly. An elaborate Venture Brothers style cloning system. <laughs> yep, that's what they've got. Lots of tubes full of Leslies. We get some. Uh, we get speaking of. Uh... People dying. We get some uh, some red shirts in this episode that <gasps> yes! beamed to nowhere, beamed into space. That Good sucks. God, Kirk. Like, if I were Kirk, I would feel so much remorse for that. Which, depending on the episode, he normally might have. Mm. Here's he, what I like. We were talking about this at the time. He sounded a little flipped out. Well, yeah, but it's not like I just killed two people He's when I shock. didn't have He's to. He's in shock. Like well, the children. So these kids. They thought the children were. Well, the kids have what is it called? Um, black unar amnesia. Well, that's what Doc thinks at first. Well, that and they're also Turns mutants. out they've got cult. Yeah. Yes. But it's funny, because normally, you know, because they're, they're beaming those guys down, because they're going to beam another detachment up. And in, like, any other episode, they normally check in with people before they beam them up. That's you true. Know, well, you don't know what they're doing. You don't they want to catch the... someone taking a shit. Yeah, they could be on the can. <laughs> yeah. How you just, just beam up mid-squat newspaper. Uh, like, what go? Ah! And they fall, because they weren't ready oh. for it. Into their own poop. Wow, this has taken that turn again. Another Do they turn. beam up the poop too? No, but I only, only that... if it's connected. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So the dingo, so you get dingleberries. <laughs> dingleberries come up in the transport. Oh, dingleberries! Yikes! <laughs> so, um, oh dear! But yeah, it's it's, it's you know again, mop it's... up the teleporter That's... room again. This raises a good question, actually. Yeah. If you teleport someone and they've got like a like a the, an intestine full of poop, does the poop come? With them, or does it just leave behind? No, I think it comes with them. But, I mean, wouldn't it I mean, be great if, you, if it didn't? It would be great if it didn't. That's true. Imagine what they could do with that technology. You would never have to poop again. If you were really congested. But imagine being the guy that, like, had to mop up, like, the remote transport site every oh, time. No, no, you know what you do? You just don't reassemble the poop atoms. Mm. You oh. just send them into space, and the Borg accidentally picked them up one day, or whatever or it is. Or you send them to episode. some kind of weird compost bin in space. You, 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 you teleport them to the nearest Klingon engine room. Mm. I know you guys have mentioned you don't watch uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is fantastic. There was a whole little little mini story in which, oh god, I think it's Badger that says, that tells this little story. This like, oh man, I've got an idea for Star Trek. What if they were having a pie-eating contest and somehow... Oh yeah, the pie-eating um, contest. Who idea. was supposed to be winning the pie-eating contest? I think it, well, Chekhov? I think it was Chekhov. 
because Scotty was locking onto the pie in his stomach and beaming it into space. <laughs> but then Scotty gets distracted uh, when Uhura walks in, misses, and transports his guts into space. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe he transports his horrible wig into space. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think if if maybe the guys that do the uh, that original series fan show that's got the, uh, the yeah the, the, the sets the really nice sets maybe they should mm. film that episode. There's a there's an animation of it that I saw that I'll find that was very well done. <laughs> nice, cool, sounds good. So I'm gonna say like I don't know how I felt about the episode, but I definitely didn't hate it like I thought I was going to. I hated the children as much as I thought I was going to. That's the thing. The fact that they were still playing Ring Around the Rosie, like, it was very distracting Like, they to me were for some annoying, reason. but I feel like they were used far more sparingly than they were in Miri. Oh. Like, the kids in Miri were And they were, were better than the ones in Miri. Pre- pre- That's true. Presence. These yeah. were way better That's kids true. than the Miri kids. Everybody except Stevie could act. Yeah. yeah. Like, they still annoyed me when they were doing their bullshit, but I feel like there was just less bullshit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that sort of helped, and I think the fact that there was actually sort of a... A genuinely compelling antagonist helped, whereas with Mira, the antagonist was just time in their own stupidity. Was he a Stevie? genuinely interesting antagonist? He was compelling. Did you think he was compelling? Yes. You found him compelling? As a concept. Who, Gorgon? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I found him that compelling. I, don't know, I think that a lot of the shit in this episode just didn't make any goddamn sense. Like what? Well, like, why are, why are they going to Marcus 12? Well, 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 to that, kill a whole yeah, people that was, there. Yeah, they, they, they just just finding... because Gorgon wanted to find a big group of people to to kill or take over. Or well, something. what's the Rob. point of that? What is the to point? Give him what is actually build up an that? army because of followers? Because he's from a race of. But if he's marauders. killing everybody, how is he getting followers? Well, presumably he takes their children. Yeah, is he it... gets the weak-minded, impressionable children and kills. So he's the, the Pied Piper. Is what we're saying. I did yes. say that earlier. Did you? I missed it. That it was sort of like a Pied Piper situation. But no, like. First of all, why are these children giving un- given unrestricted access to any location on the ship? Because first everyone. of all, first of first of all, why are these children at this fucking science location in any way? Why are so? Why because are they, the they parents own, would miss. Why them. did they bring nothing but parents who have seven year olds? No, I, I think uh, oh, the ginger the, one was like yeah, probably was twelve. Older, well, yeah, but he was the only one, and he stuck out like a, like a sore thumb. Yeah, Kirk's nephew. Um, yeah, he was. Yes, knows? that's true. I looked that up. Who knows? Who gives a shit? It was dumb. Yeah, speaking of Kirk's nephew, Craig Hundley was the kid's name. He yep. changed his name eventually Hundley. to Huxley. Yeah, that's because Hundley is a terrible fucking yeah. name. Uh, yeah, he, he, so he also played Peter Kirk, who had zero lines in that, in that um, you know, Kirk's nephew at, uh, episode. That was the um, episode with the creepy, flappy, flying yep. virus. Oh, yeah, the bark monsters. egg bugs, whatever oh, the fuck they were. Oh, that one, the one yeah. that, yeah, lands on your back. Where Kirk's brother, <laughs> who definitely wasn't just Shatner in old age makeup and a bad mustache. <laughs> Porn stash. But uh, Craig Huxley, as he changed his name to, was also a the builder of the blaster beam, which is not what it sounds like. It's a musical instrument. Uh, it's like basically a long, like 12-foot-long aluminum beam with piano wire on it. What was it made of? Aluminum? Aluminium? Aluminium. Oh, jolly, jolly good show. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Quite good, quite good. So I'm sorry, but go on. It had an I uh, now I can't actually say it. Aluminum. An aluminum pipe. Yeah, yeah, with with strings that you could like do various shit to. And I, I saw I watched a video compilation of things you of, of him just making sounds on this thing. Sounds neat. And they used it in the motion picture and Wrath of Khan and Star Wars Two and other shit. 
Huh. This, this wait, wait. weird. When you say Star Wars two, do you mean Episode two or, or Empire? I mean Empire I mean Episode two. Oh wow. Okay. Well, that sort of discredits it, but go on. Well, yeah. Um, but it makes lots of weird. <laughs> we should see if we can find a noises. video of that. I'll find one yeah, instead of making the noise myself. No, I liked it. I liked it. We don't even Inception need horns. Just poke Chris. He'll change pitch. Uh, yeah. Um. Well, that's, that's a neat yeah, little so toy. Got to keep doing Star Trek stuff, it sounds like. He's about as good of an inventor of instruments as he is an actor, <laughs> then, because that sounds like it sounds like a fucking vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually, we discussed him very briefly in the... You mean a Henry? <laughs> I think they just called him vacuum cleaner. Oh, uh, no, Henry. Oh, no, Hoover. Uh, You're thinking of Hoover. It's a, no, it's a, it's a Henry, the little friendly vacuum that... Look up the Henry vacuum. It's okay. an electronical sucker box. Oh, I think Hoover. I think you're right. They, they call vacuums Hoover's. I think in general. Hoover's the more generic. Get term. the Hoover. But yeah, we actually we did discuss him Hoover. briefly in the last episode. He appeared in. Who Kirk's nephew? Yeah, he also became sort of a producer and he built a sort of a studio. So he's he's wound up with a very active career behind the scenes in music. Good for him. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It was awkward that like all the children were like seven except him. Yeah. It was so yeah. weird. It's like, it's like, oh, you still have to play with the little kids and play their stupid Ring Around the Rosie game that you're totally aged out of. Yeah, well, there's but, only five you kids. Know what what that's do? continued to great effect with Wesley Crusher, who's like 14 but acts like a baby. <laughs> and has to play with the adults all the time. Lame. Mm, much he to the totally adult chagrin. doesn't get it. Anywho, oh, Wesley. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I also didn't... I wasn't crazy about Shatner this week in his acting... Oh god, his his little near anxiety attack in the oh cave. My, oh it's yeah, like, that, was that was great. Yeah, have you ever seen someone have an anxiety attack? What are you doing? Um, honestly, probably not because think about how stigmatized people today are if they have mental illness back then. That's true. Might have been, might as well have been a fucking leper. Probably, yeah, probably that's nobody true. knew what a panic attack looked like. So, but go on. Jake. Um, but yeah, it, just in general, and then later is you know, and we also this is a lot of retread. You know, the the whole... Yeah, it just seems like this is all stuff that we've been at before. The the, the fears and the Kirk's insecurity and his greatest... I'm losing control! I'm the Enterprise! That's ah! um, true. That wasn't then, really great this week, was it? And then Spock mm-hmm. trying to kill children. What Spock was... this week was weird. Because Spock, you know, when he was under the control of the children, like didn't actually seem to be doing anything and that was the thing that was make that was that was that was impacting him it was like oh I can't touch the buttons I can't follow your orders sir what do you think Docs would have been cuz they didn't really show Doc running out of mint juleps yeah. <laughs> yes. actually Chekhov's thing seemed to be I'm afraid to not follow orders as well and maybe also Leslie's was that. So that's kind of fucked up that, like, half the crew is, like, not actually afraid of anything except not being able to fail, like, to complete orders. Like, what does Kirk do to people that don't do what he says? Well, I feel like they weren't necessarily always Plus building off of their fears, but they were just, you know, finding ways to disrupt them mentally. Yeah. The whole, you know, you're you're like, I feel actually like... in space, but you're seeing the, the planet that we're... Not, that we're not even orbiting anymore. Yeah, I feel like that they set it up as being like, it's their beast, but the writers couldn't be asked to actually think up beasts for everyone, so it just became mind tricks. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. That was weird. Which, you know, sort cheap. Of a, yeah, cheap. it was like a good idea that was not followed through on. <laughs> Except to Hura, who they made sure to point out what a vain bitch she is. Like, and Sulu is writers. afraid of knives in space. Knives in space! <laughs> 
Bria, they're sort of excited. They're sort of like, get me a spacesuit and my rapier. No, it's guns he's into. Oh, I guess you're Depends right. Depends on the episode. He yep, likes to yep. swashbuckle, you're right. He likes to buckle some swash. <laughs> buckle up and swash. And also occasionally fuck with plants. Ew. Oh, it's been a while since he was botanist Sulu, but still. Yeah, that was like, up to these days. Probably still being a creepy hand dressed up <laughs> like a flower. <laughs> uh. Oh, you know what I really liked what was uh, Scotty this episode when he was being world's best boss when he tells his his um one of the engineers like where are you going? We're, we're like we're, we're going the wrong way. See, look, and then he just starts punching him. <laughs> he just attacks the guy. It's like. Scotty, you're their boss. Right, I've given you three warnings. You know what comes after that? <laughs> <laughs> he runs a tight ship down there, Scotty. You don't, you don't fuck up his shit. No, you don't fuck with the Scotsman's engines. Mm. Oh, and then the, and then when even I know you just mentioned um, Chekhov, and I thought when Kirk was trying to like tell, tell Chekhov to do something, it was like Chekhov was a computer and Kirk was trying to talk him to death. Mm. <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of Chekhov in Star Trek Two. When, when he's he, got yeah. the brain bug? When he's got the brain bug. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, Chekhov. Huh. Got his ass kicked immediately. Of course yeah. he did. Such a little guy. Remember, remember, he had really big heels on his boots we saw, too. Like, did, Walter yeah. Koenig must actually be pretty... Actually. Actually. Walter Koenig is actually quite short. He is not a very tall man, but because in Russia, is best to be short. Wary. He's Wary actually tall. an action Wary. figure. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I said, I honestly was... I mean, it's not a great episode, but yeah. I, 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 this this definitely gets filed under the largely indifferent category. Yeah, I mean, I agree it's with no that. Mary. It's certainly not yeah. bottom five. It's definitely not top five. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's bottom five either. But it it's is. like, would I ever watch this again voluntarily? Probably not. But not with like, not out of any sort of animosity. Just out of like a, eh. Yeah, it's like, eh, it's middling. Yeah, whatever. But, but that look on Doc's face when he sees yeah. those crying yeah. children made yeah, everything was, else worth that was, it. A, that was tough. And it, it was, it was a rare it, big bone smile. Like, yeah, good job, it, Jim. I mean, but no, course, but the thing is, now these kids are going to need so much therapy, now he's going to have to deal with them. No, no, he yeah. already said. Drop them off at a star base. Yeah, oh, gotta get brilliant. into a star base and give them to child experts. Well, yeah, but how, how far off course are they now? They're going to have to be traveling even longer. It, yeah. You've got two weeks of space flight with crying children. Well, and never mind the fact that they forgot. Like we said, to because uh, they, they never did beam up that other party of security men, right? And they didn't say, Let's go back and get them first. It's like, All right, back to Starbase, whatever. It's like, What about you? Okay, now those people are dead. And honestly, you know exactly what McCoy did with those crying children beamed them in this space, rubbed uh, liquor on their gums, foisted them off on Chapel. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, totally. Poor Chapel, by the time they, the whole time. by the time they get to the Starbase, they all weigh like. You know, two hundred pounds. Oh. She just keeps stuffing ice cream into the. That's the only way that she can keep them keep them in hand. What kind of horrible oh. mix would you like this time? I want cherry amaretto mixed with boysenberry and oh. garlic Steak. ice cream. I'd say two two a cherry and a berry is probably fine. But yes, garlic is, has ruined everything. I want clam chowder ice cream <laughs> and chocolate, please. Is that fear factor. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I stole that joke from Jim Gaffigan. I was rewatching one of his old specials the other day. Anyone else have uh, thoughts on "And the Children Shall Lead"? No, just glad it's over. I'm, I want the children to leave. They did. They're yeah. going to Starbase. Whatever it They're was, out. crying. Yeah. They They're take their orphans now. Weird. All of them. Mixed ice cream bullshit and get the fuck out. I mean, he, I know I was asking like, what the fuck were they doing on that planet anyway? But on that planet, they knew there was some weird marauder thing. It's not a child-friendly planet. They should well, they not have brought them the marauders anywhere. were all dead. And how did they figure out the summoning song? 
It was written down probably somewhere. Probably told them. Yeah. How did he get summoned to tell them the summoning well, song? Well, probably, he probably already existed there, mm. but then gave them, like, instructions and things. And No, guys, you know what it was? It was actually an old earth nursery rhyme <laughs> that just happened to correspond. Oh, yeah. like, oh. Kirk to Enterprise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh. Yeah. I, Captain. So... Is there what is it? Is there in, is there tr- in truth no beauty? no beauty? I did. I looked it up while Caitlin was doing the intro. It is. It's from a poem by. I scrolled Spock. away. No, Sorry. you brought up porn or something, didn't you? Son of a yeah. bitch! I, you've been fooled all these years. Uh, no, I it, it had gone to the top of the the entry for uh, this episode. Uh. <laughs> Jake, you're filthy. You're filthy devil. The episode you dirty title, bugger. <laughs> The episode title is from a poem by the 17th century English poet and clergyman George Herbert from his poem, Jordan One. George Herbert. Line two. Who says that fiction's only and false hair become a verse? Is there in truth no beauty? Hair? Yeah, I don't know. Also, fun fact that I saw while looking for that information. Is that Maybe. Hair, hair, Apparently, uh, they actually originally wanted Jessica Walter to play Miranda Jones, but she was unavailable, which yes. is how they wound up with Denia Animal. Who's Jessica Walter again? Uh, um, oh, fuck, I've forgotten her name. Barbara Walters. Mallory Barbara. Archer. Oh, that would have been cool. I love that in, bitch. Was she, the uh, mother in Yeah, the mother, the mother from the Arrested. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just basically the same fucking character. There's actually yeah. a, like, was this an Archer quote or a... Well, there, there's, a, there's also a, was this a... a Lucille Bluth or, you know, Donald Trump. No, no, that's what I was thinking of. You're right. Yeah. It was um, funny, though. Was surprisingly it? difficult, wasn't it? Impossible. But uh, you were saying? I was saying, um, yeah, because I also saw that uh, that uh, Diana Moldar was, you know, second choice because they couldn't get uh, who they originally wanted. And there was apparently a whole to-do over cast, uh, casting her because she'd already been in an episode before. Mm. And I forget who was... Someone was pissed off about it because of all the hypocrisy because they've already had tons of fucking actors play more than one role. Mm-hmm. Like Spock's dad. Like Spock's dad, like William Campbell, our good friend Trelane. Uh, uh, Peter Kirk's Kirk. Nephew. Kirk's nephew. Oh, yeah. well, Stan. 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 Well, so who was Stan? He was, uh, he was a Romulan guard. In um, oh. but that's why they they put her in uh and well they had her have black hair for this episode to mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. highlight the difference. Well, whoever was pissed off about her being in two episodes must have fucking head exploded in TNG. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Do you know? I don't. I that was upset about look, it. I'd have to look it up. Like, like was it like a cast member or was no, it? No, like... I'm sure it was the production. Oh, okay. I'm guessing Roddenberry must have liked her because otherwise she wouldn't. Have she was pretty. TNG. She's a pretty lady. She's pretty. She had a lot of clothes on, though, so, you know, he didn't like that. Yeah, he, he was, must have been pissed, like, right, reading the script. Wait, 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 wait. She's got, like, a sensor mesh she wears all the time? Yes, Jean, that means it covers her from neck to toe. You motherfucker! Can it be see-through? <laughs> Completely see-through? Humana, 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 humana. just put a little gemstone in selective places? <laughs> 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 They're just sitting at the writer's table, and you just hear... Gene, you horn dog. Um, you were right, by the way. He and L. Ron Hubbard were buddies. Were they? I thought I had heard that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but every everybody in the fucking Enterprise had a boner for. That was Dr. so Jim. weird. Yeah, Bones that scene, that dinner scene is weird where they home. all stand to toast her while she's sitting there. It was very strange. Poor woman. 
Especially when they all had boners like that. That's just awkward. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially because Scotty had the kilt, so, like, the flaps were oh. all just, like, bent out of shape. She's just like, boy, one of your, your, one section of your pants is 14 centimeters closer to me than the oh, rest of it. No. <laughs> one of you has murder on the brain. The rest of you have boners. <laughs> like, I mean, they maybe Ooh. just should have picked someone to have a thing. But, like, I feel like her and Doc would have been, you know... I want Doc to have a love interest somewhere. Yeah. He hasn't really had one since he had that salt, salt vampire, vampire that time. <laughs> I mean, they really just they laid it on too thick. I think it would have been fine if only Larry had the crush on her, and everyone else was just yeah. But then how else was was Kirk supposed to distract her while Spock was going to go mind melt? Well, he the took creature. her to look at some flowers, not realizing that she was blind, and then be shitty to her at the end. He he was he leaned in to kiss and she was not into it. She and she actually like w- wouldn't let him. And yeah, that's good on her. All, all the other thing. ones just got fucking macked on against their will. Well, not to mention she got like unplanned kissy face from oh. Harvick as well. So she's learned yeah, from that. Larry, that's true. Larry, dude, just take no for a fucking she's answer. She's only got things... She's got a thing for horribly ugly men that live in boxes. Well, I think we can, that. we can all relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> like Larry, fucking Larry. Like I, I know you're you're stuck in the friend zone, but you know what? It's still her choice. Mm. Yeah, there is no friend zone. Is, is I think what the what the latest. Uh, it's accurate. Uh, 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 word is word yeah. is. She said no, Larry. Deal with it. Well, you know why? But because he's such a having, nice guy. He, <laughs> listen, he's put in a lot of nice, and it's time for her to dispense the sex, to which he is entitled. Let me, listen, here's the thing, right? Yeah. Is Box Boy there? Is he going to go out and, like, get her flowers and do nice things for Force her? Force her on a kiss on her? The guy can't even leave his box without killing other people. I do appreciate that they resisted the urge to have Spock. Well, the, the Spock... What was his name? The Colos Spock. Like Colos ki- Spock. Kisser? Merge. Yeah, be like, before I go back. Because I feel like it's something uh-huh. they've done before, and I'm almost surprised they didn't do it again. It was with the same actress. But ah. I appreciate they didn't do it again. Yeah. Well, that's true. And the last time we saw her, she had yeah, some uh, right. work together with Spock in a uh, weird way. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Well, like I said, I really like when Spock gets embodied by, like, another character. Because yeah. I feel like it, it really gives... Nimoy some, some stuff yeah. to play with. Yeah, because, like, you know, with Spock, he's got a lot of subtle nuance. He's got, like, a little, like, a 2% of sass. He's yeah. got, like, an eyebrow raise every now and then. Doesn't but, beat like, Doc's eyebrow, though. No, nothing mm. ever could beat Doc's eyebrow. It's really... It's so easy, though, when they do that, because all they have to do is have him smile, and then you know... Yeah. Oh, he's got an alien in him. <laughs> you so, would smile, too. Um, it's also cool that we finally get to actually hear from Kalos yeah because he gets to talk through Spock and gets to see like wow your human bodies are very different like language is weird because you guys are are restricted to trying to like talk to each other yeah and this is why you're all so lonely and every he like pans around the bridge to everybody realizing like man you're beautiful Kalos we can never look at you, but you're so beautiful. But, well, they did say their, their thoughts are among the most transcendent in the galaxy. Mm. How do they know their thoughts are the most transcendent in the galaxy if they can't really communicate with you? Are they like the hoarder where they kind of write, they kind of etch on a stone? Uh, other telepaths? I don't know. They, I don't know. they specifically said no one else has minded mind I mean, melted them before. What a terrible ambassador. Like, uh, well, I, te- I, I, I that's their only option is one of their own people. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. You think they'd make themselves a robot cage, put them in there, like walk, like Sargon's walk people there? Yeah. yeah. 
Or like Daleks. Or that. put him inside the cloaking device. Yeah. <laughs> Romp Nomad out again. But yeah, like he gets a body. And you know, we've had a lot of characters before who either hadn't been humans who are, who were just like, being this is great. And for a minute he's like, yeah, I've got all these senses and this and that's all kind of great. But he's like, but wow, the limitations kind of suck. Like mm. there's not really a regret of leaving the form, which mm. again is, is going against their own grain. Which again, I like that. I like that a lot too. Yeah. Mm. I want to talk about her dress. The okay. sensor web? The sensor web dress. Yeah, as I said, Jordy made the wrong choice. Well, I'm going <laughs> to... So here's the thing, right? So McCoy makes a point to say to her, oh, you know, you might, you might have pretty good senses for a blind person because of your dress, but you, there's no way you can fly a ship. Let's just point out that Jordy LaForge, when the character was introduced in TNG, was the fucking helmsman! Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was years later, and he had those magical glasses, didn't he? Can yeah, he see her, the glasses? Yeah, well, he can see probably in a similar fashion to how she sees, I would suspect. Oh, really? I always assumed, I don't know, I always assumed that the glasses were somehow magically, like, putting, like, exactly what's in front of him into his no, not, not crazy like, box. There's, like, one episode where you kind of, kind of see what he sees, and it looks almost like, like... Like, a computer grid kind of a thing, yes, like yeah, like a program. Yeah. He's like, probably doing less well than she always, was. Then. He always looks at stuff and and like he can see like oh there's radiation coming out of there, sort of thing. So his, yeah, his visor is almost like a mini tricorder in a way. Yeah, which, I mean to a certain extent, like maybe hers was doing that as well, mm. but it's vague. Like he definitely he was getting information pumped into his visual yeah, cortex or whatever. Uh, Connectors and yeah, they they've shown they show a few times now. Like he does, quote unquote, see things. It's unclear if she's seeing things exactly or just being fed data. Well, that here's she the thing. Well, here's the thing because throughout the episode, her eyes track as if she's seeing things. Like she looks at people. Mm. And her eyes yeah, track. She focuses things. in the scene where she's not wearing the dress. Yeah. When she's on on the the sick bay with Kirk, I noticed that the actor specifically does not track like she looks she's got much more of a you know the way the way a blind person might look yeah well there's even a moment where you know she's talking to kirk so she's sort of facing his rough direction then between lines he moves and he starts talking again and she and, turns to right. wit she didn't turn before he spoke again right which makes me think that maybe the the dress does give her something analogous to vision maybe yeah. which allows her to actually track with her eyes yeah it's pretty Interesting. cool. Maybe ostensibly, though, it's it's just too indistinct to use the controls for reasons. True. Reasons. Although, thinking on that, it's a little Spo- unclear I mean, how really, he... McCoy's just an ableist fuck. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, certain time, men of a certain age, etc. Mm. 23rd century I doctor. forgive you, Spock. No, Doc. Jesus no, I, I mean, honestly, Doc... It better than friggin' what Spock did, where he's like, "Oh yeah, she's blind," and just waves his hand in her face. <laughs> yeah. He tries like to start Spock, touching her, like I'm not touching you. I'm like, not touching Spock, you. Spock, really? You? <laughs> Spock. Well, because Spock doesn't care about the social niceties that make that a tactless, shitty thing to do. But yeah, I think he just take Doc at his word. Um, uh, Woody. Well, I think by then she'd even said the dress was a sensor mesh, or did he? Who said that? I don't know. Doc, I thought. It still But also, weird. if she was wearing the sensor mesh and he was waving his hand in front of her eyes, shouldn't she have noticed? Yeah, you, like, she probably didn't know, but it's like, it's weird. 
It was weird. It, 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 it's that same part of Spock that made him still continue to move the rock towards Doc's rock last week. Well, the, mm. the part of him that's a little smartass? Yeah. <laughs> that's his human side, the smartassery. I think it's still Vulcan. Vulcans <laughs> are assholes no matter what. Mm. But yeah, it's sort of a weird one, this. Because it sort of starts off with just, you know, we're on this weird mission. Someone has murder on the mind. But then that happens really quickly. And so that wasn't, you know, that wasn't like the mystery wasn't the point. And he's dispatched. Mm. And then they're Marvin goes space. so crazy and it's Surprise. great. He was a really good actor. He was great. Like, we've said a million times, when we, we when we need fucking crazy, we can find fucking crazy. Yeah, no, they had a very good casting director he for was crazy. Great. He did a really good job of getting, like, really hysterical. And, like, his build was really good. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no. No! And like Although a lot of did, thrashing and shit. He had some good stuff going on. When he did make it to, to engineering with, with Scotty, who thinks he's just there to, to like pal around with him some more, he had like gotten super, super calm and just like, I'm going to hang out with Scotty now. I'm, I'm super crazy and I'm going to like just calmly make the ship go past the pangalactic barrier. Well, Scotty's a very calming presence. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. And then when Scotty realizes, that's when it's like, crazy town is back! Mm. Yeah, he did go crazy. And then the fisheye came. Oh yeah, in. well I mean that's the thing. I was noticing that the the, the theme of the this episode was we got a fisheye lens and yeah. needed an well, episode. The photography to go in the whole yep. episode was very. You know they use they use a lot of the fisheye. They use some weird angle on the bridge at one point. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah, that was from cool. the turbo. Yeah. yeah, it was like looking at it where like Uhura was at its like at its like two two clocks. Right, or something like it that. was, so it was like a totally true. different. They had a. They used the fisheye to do a POV when Spock was when going Spock a bit went crazy. I liked that. That was really cool. That was fun. But in fact, like when people were rushing at it, yeah, too. He, he took on what both Sulu and Chekhov at once. <laughs> I mean, that's he took on Sulu and oh yeah, Chekhov was there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chekhov actually tripped and knocked himself out before he could get to Spock. I did appreciate though that they decided let's 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 try to double team him, like front end together, Aww. <laughs> buddies. Yeah, so I, I didn't quite follow it. So did Dr. Jones, who I should know, every time they said Dr. Jones in the episode, I couldn't help but think about Short Round. Um, but uh, For me, I was thinking of a song by Aqua called Dr. Jones. Oh, very nice. Every time. Okay. Yeah. Anywho, I, so did she cause Spock not to put on his visor or I don't think I don't see because so. like Kirk accused Which, her yeah, of that yeah that seemed that seemed strange see, see, Kirk was whipping out a lot of unverifiable kind of a dick the well, last few weeks but he must have hit a nerve because it did make her ultimately fix Spock oh like, so. like he was playing it like he was playing her to do it I mean yeah I don't no know. no like like he was right that she was a shithead and she, oh. he made her feel guilty for being a shithead so she fixed it I still think you know mm. I don't think she went out of her way to make mm. Spock forget to put on the vibes. no I don't necessarily that think that either just, if she had they would have cut to a shot of her looking at them yeah, and true. then that's gone true. cut back yeah Star yeah. Trek isn't that subtle is no it? that annoyed me though what's that they, they never explained that scream Oh, no, they yeah, Why true. did she scream? When she goes to talk to... Seemed like uh, a hell of an overreaction. Like, I was waiting for there to be a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. But it never really... It no, was Ames, Ames gave us a reason. She stubbed her toe. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. That's right. She, oh, no, she got her finger stuck in the box when the box was closing. <laughs> yeah. 
Wait, I want to see you. No, stomp. That I wasn't an out scream, though. That was like a scared scream, I yeah. thought. Or like an angry yeah. scream. Yeah. Can we also say that if you have a, a creature on your ship that if anyone sees him, they go insane, that you shouldn't just have the door opening and closing in the hallway a million fucking yeah. times? Well, that's what I thought. And I also think that you should fucking just lock the door. Well, people not locking the damn doors on this ship has been a problem since day one. This is true. But when it's a goddamn thing that's going to drive you insane if you look at it, well, again, they also, like I said, they were giving free reign of the ship to the children last week, just like they give the free reign of the ship to so many people. Free reign Literally of the ship to the children for a second, after Kirk had already said, put the children under guard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were. They were even, like, I mean, when Tommy showed up at one point to start fucking tribbles. with things. They were basically tribbles. Yeah. Like, even when Tommy showed up to start fucking with things, he had Leslie right behind him. Damn it, Leslie. <laughs> Well, all they say was put him under guard. They didn't say do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leslie takes his orders very literally. But uh, but anyway, back yeah, to no, the, no uh, security Dr. procedures, Jones. no locks, no fucking anything. Mm-hmm. No phones, no lights, no motor cars. Not a single luxury. <laughs> Jones is an interesting concept too, though, because she's like she's a telepath mm-hmm. naturally. And she had to kind of go to the Vulcans to learn how to control her own and powers. She, presumably, she was blind at the time too when she went to when she went to Vulcan. Yeah, I, I'm under the impression she probably always has been. Mm-hmm. And then I think that you know because she especially resents pity. I loved that. I actually really like was was interested in her character when when she's telling Kirk like I don't have fucking any compassion for love. I don't give yeah. a shit about love. I hate fuck all these emotions. Either she spent way too much time on Vulcan, or she's the most complex character that we've seen so far. Well, I think a lot of it comes from she probably lived on Earth for a long time among humans. On it, because she talks about how part of it isn't just controlling. She didn't go to control her own emotions. It was to block out everyone else's. Mm. You know, I think what the problem is she was, a telepath. Yeah, 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 she was bombarded by everyone else's emotions for so long. <laughs> and again, thing where like you know they say that uh, people who lose a sense their other senses become yeah. more sensitive to compensate. Isn't that also bullshit, though? It might be bullshit. No, actually, I, I saw a thing recently. Oh, they... okay. If she's a, 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 a telepath with all this ESP and shit, why wasn't she affected by going past the galactic barrier? Because that only counted in that one episode. Yeah. Because nothing happened last well, time the galactic barrier a few like, weeks ago. look at it too... Like, wasn't that something? Or did it just passing? I, I don't remember. It's maybe so maybe it was a certain spot on the yes. galactic barrier that yes. they couldn't go through. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, she's always spent a good portion of her life, you know, feeling all these emotions, especially coming to resent pity. You yeah. know, she probably got a lot, especially... If we presume she was born blind, which we have no reason to believe that, we also have no reason to not... Believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in the 23rd century, they probably aren't still babying blind people. No, but they you still might. There's probably feel bad. And they just for put them. the sensor web on them. Well, yeah, but I mean, if she's getting around sensor web baby clothes, what would that look like? Mm-hmm. But you know, I, 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 you know, I think we have to, I do <laughs> like think we have to talk suit. about the fact oh. that she did not go. She did not get superpowers because it's that like fuck you, Star Trek. Seriously, because here's the thing: your very first episode. Well, your very first, not your first episode, but the first, the first, first the second pilot. pilot episode. No, what was the first? That was the second pilot, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your first it was Kirk the, episode. The pilot yeah. that was approved. Right. So, first episode, we'll say. You do this whole thing about people with high levels of ESP and going through the galactic barrier, and that drives them, and that makes them into super, gives them superpowers. Yep. So. You have another episode, and I should add, like, one of the, I think the only episode that deals with the issue of ESP again. Yeah. 
and you go through the galactic barrier, and she doesn't get superpowers? What the fuck? I mean, mm. just look at the inconsistency, because in that original one, not only does going through it give people with ESP sensitivity superpowers, but Spock, remember, is wicked untrusting of anyone with ESP abilities. That's true. Because that's before Vulcans had just that. had so many. So, I mean, it's just... And also, it was... Consider, was, wasn't it considered impossible to go through the barrier? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, it sounds like some weird jiggery-pokery had to happen this time True. for it to happen. Just like when the Kelvins pushed them through it. True. Yeah, you just can't fly through it yourself. You yeah, to, you've got to... You need the help of some alien or crazy hoodly thing jiggery-pokery. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like if they weren't... They should have just picked a different thing. Instead of going mm. through the galactic barrier, they go through a, I don't know... A, black hole. A black hole, yeah. Mm. I don't know. Something else, because having both the ESP and the galactic barrier in the same episode seems to me like they were cruising for a... Bruising. Cannon bruising. Mm-hmm. If they flew through the galactic barrier, why did they need a navigator who couldn't just say, try a U-turn? Like, why was just turning the motherfucker did, around and going fucking, back not an option? Did Marvick, as was flying out, fly out whilst spinning around or something? They yeah. hit a space-time <laughs> warp or something, they said. Or, what does that even mean? I don't know. They weren't in regular space. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Yeah, they were there clearly... There were no stars. Were there, were, like, were, toasters floating around and shit? And it was, all like, kinds blue of... and green. Yeah, like, it was a bizarre tie-dye like, effect. Yeah, they were in some mm. weird realm. Thing. Because Marvick did some crazy shit to the engines. That bastard. Yeah. Fucking Marvin. Poor Scotty. He, he'll, he'll miss him. He never really got to sit and really talk to his hero before he went all loopy. He yeah, is a show on his kilt. So he was, in a, he was one of the original designers of the Enterprise, is mm-hmm. what Scotty said. So mm-hmm. was Scotty going to have sort of a, a Geordi and uh, what's her name? Maybe. Um, what's her name? Uh, Brahms. What's her fucking first name? Oh, the woman that he has the creepy relationship with. Yeah, the with woman on the who holodeck. designed. Is it like Martha or Marsha no, or with an, an M? L, it's an L. Name. You've L. seen that one? No, but we've either talked about it before or someone else has talked Man, to me uh, about Mara? it. Mara? No. Anyway, I'm blanking on the name. I'm sure one of our listeners will fill me in again and remind me what the name is. But yeah, I mean, that's basically Jordy meets his hero and yeah. he wants to bang her. You'd think Marvick would be a little older. Yeah, I mean, considering the. The, uh, She's been kicking so around for yeah. a while. Hmm. Apparently, he was a boy wonder, just like I say, another, another prodigy. No, I, I, never, I really liked this episode. I feel like either I really like Diana Moldar, Leah Brahms. I like her. Yeah, she's hot. Into it. Yeah, I don't no, like the weird. I, I mean, I, I like your reasoning for it, but I didn't like the whole twist. Oh, the hair. Rig. I kind of liked it. Like, I wondered if it was meant to be like serpentine. Yeah, the See, whole because she likes Vulcan. the Medusans so much. I feel like we've seen Vulcans that have. It might. Yeah, that probably have. could be it then. I think yeah. Pring might have had a weird hair. Pring. Thing. Well, that wraps up episode thirty-one of A Star to Steer Her By. Ooh. Thank you. Ooh. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, as a. <laughs> As always, do please find and like our Facebook page to start to steer her by. We are on Twitter and Tumblr as SSHB Podcast. Uh, you know, subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. Uh, rate and review on iTunes. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your fish. Tell your relatives. Tell your coworkers. Tell everyone to tune in. Uh, next week we will be looking at Spectre of the Gun. Spectry. Is it Spectre? No, it's Spectre. Yeah, what is going on? They're, they're using the weird spelling of Spectre. That's how I spell Spectre. That's the right way. That's probably the English way. 
Spectre of the Gun and Day of the Dove. Day of the Dalek? That too. Day of the Dove. Day of the Doctor. Sure. Dave of the Dove. Dave of the Day. Pigeon Man? Dave. Ooh, Dave of the Day. That sounds like a fresh catch. (laughs) (laughs) Forest Artist Eater by This Has Been Chris. This Has Been Ames. This Has Been Caitlin. And This Is Always Jake. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tip your yeoman. (laughs) 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 Everybody's favorite Vulcan name. Poop. Germs. Yep. Poop germs. Yeah, but let's be real. I mean, my hands are usually covered in poop. Yeah, but you're Why not making Why do you think I don't videos? let you touch me? Mm-hmm. Ever. <laughs> I don't time. even let Jake hand me things. That's <laughs> a... <laughs> um, I never thought a hand job joke was coming. <laughs> There's a hand job joke in this episode. Well, his hands are his hands aren't the only thing covered in poop. So there'll be no hand jobs. Uh, yeah, sorry, shit dick. Anyway, so 